I recognize some familiar faces here at Covenant uh, whenever I get to come here. Uh, part of that is because of my work with the HEBUP Foundation and um, getting to lead our, our Laity Lodge Youth Camp and Laity Lodge Family Camp programs. There are a lot of Covenant families who have sent their kids or attended as families uh, throughout the years, and that's been such a gift uh, for me. But also, uh, my, my dad was on staff here as an associate pastor between 1976 and 1980. So uh, I, I ran around these halls a little bit as a toddler, and uh, his picture is hanging somewhere in uh, this building. He looks a lot like um, Magnum P.I. with a big old mustache. But um, <laughs> So Covenant uh, has just been a part of my uh, history in, in some ways. I attended the, the high school youth group ski trip uh, at Sunlight Christian Camps in Colorado. After I had uh, moved away, I would come back. Uh, each year during the Christmas break and go on that ski trip. So uh, Covenant has uh, a warm place in my heart and uh, I was able to preach here a little over a year ago. It, it's always an honor to be asked to come do something like that, but then to be asked to come back uh, is, now Thomas wasn't here when I preached, so maybe that's why I got asked back. Uh, and John's gone now, so I don't, I don't know, but... Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's just good to be here. Um, let, me, let me share our scripture uh, this morning. It comes from uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. It says, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and abandoned. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. So uh, I, I was able to watch uh, Thomas's sermon um, from last week in which he introduced this series, uh, I Am, uh, Jesus in his own words. And he reminded us last week, or I guess his wife reminded him, and then he reminded us uh, last week that these I Am statements that we find in the book of John that Jesus gives us are parallel statements with what we find in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses encounters God through the burning bush and God says, I am who I am. Thomas pointed out that each of these I am statements made by Jesus in John really uh, get at two things. They tell us something about who God is, and they give us insight into how to practically live in this relationship with God. So Thomas uh, spelled that out for us as he 
uh, preached on John chapter 8, in which Jesus declares that he is the light of the world. And that his statement that he is the light encourages us to live in such a way that every decision we make is guided by the light of Christ, which serves as direction in the darkness. Well, this morning, we will talk about Jesus being the gate in John chapter 10. And I think the beauty of Scripture is that uh, anytime we read Scripture, there is what it says, and then there is what it really says. I had a friend uh, and mentor who used to call it the what, so what, now what of Scripture. What does it literally say? What does it, so what does it mean for me? Now what does it call me to do or to be? But the difficulty, maybe it's beauty too, but the difficulty is that it isn't always clear. Maybe it's rarely clear about what it says or even what it really says. I mean, right in, in this passage, John 10, verse 6, it said Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Whenever I read passages like that, I realize I'm in good company when I don't understand or it's not clear. So, the difficulty of this passage Jesus declares himself uh, the gate uh, just after this. When, when uh, in John later, uh, after John 10, 10, Jesus says he's the good shepherd. When uh, Thomas invited me to preach and he told me the scripture that I'll be preaching on, um, I thought, oh, that's great. John 10, 10, live life abundantly. Jesus is good shepherd. That's great, and then I read it, and the passage does include live life abundantly, but it doesn't include the good shepherd part. That's the part that Thomas gets next week. <laughs> I get this a, a bit more ambiguity, but um, so Jesus declares himself the gate in this passage, then just after it, he declares himself the good shepherd. In verse 3, there's a mention of a gatekeeper. Who's that? Is he talking about God? What is the sheepfold? Is it the church? Um, is it literally just a sheepfold? Is it something internal inside of us? There's just a lot of questions. So where do we start? Well, I think it would be wise for us to, to start with who is Jesus speaking to? What does Jesus actually say? What does this passage tell us about Jesus? And what does this passage tell us about how to live in relationship with Jesus? So, who is Jesus speaking to? Well, he's, he's speaking to the Pharisees. I'm sure a lot of us are, have studied or at least heard quite a bit about who the Pharisees were. They were the religious experts. They knew the law backwards and forwards, and they had a lot of issue with Jesus. They uh, supported themselves in their opposition of Christ with this principle, that they were the pastors of the church and that Jesus, having no commission from them, was an intruder and an imposter. 
So here are the Pharisees, the religious experts, leading the people of God. And come, here comes Jesus, doing some incredible things, no doubt, some of which they had significant issue with. But time and time again, what Pharisees had most issue with when it came to Jesus was who he claimed to be, more so than what he actually did. And that's not unlike today. I find that those who have issue with Jesus and or Christianity or issue with those who claim to know and follow Jesus and call themselves Christians, the problem that folks have that have issue with these people, whether it be Jesus or Christian, usually has to do less with what we as Christians do and more with who we as Christians claim to be. So that hasn't changed. Jesus was speaking to these Pharisees who believed him to be not commissioned by them and an intruder or imposter. So what does Jesus actually say if this is who he's speaking to? Jesus declares finally in verse 7, after he goes through verse 1 through 6, and they don't understand, Jesus says clearly in verse 7, so again Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now I don't know how much you know about sheepfolds. I hadn't even heard that term much before uh, until looking deeper into this, but uh, I, we have some pictures. This is a, a picture of what a sheepfold probably looked like. It was uh, an area constructed by stones stacked on top of each other. You see the gate opening, it had one opening. Uh, the gate area was often um, an open area, not with an actual swinging gate. Um, if you go to the next, uh, there you go, this picture here, you see the shepherd who is sitting there at the gate opening. It was customary for the shepherds of the sheep to actually lay themselves across the opening of the sheepfold to serve as uh, protection against thieves or robbers or predators. And so here's the shepherd across the, the opening there of the, the gate of the sheepfold. And it was also normal for these uh, sheepfolds to be protected with kind of a barbed wire around the top. And uh, a picture of that to follow uh, shows uh, a rendition of what was often at the top of these sheepfolds. Uh, again, to serve as protection from thieves and robbers and predators. This is the the sheepfold. And Jesus says, I am the gate of the sheepfold. So what does that tell us about Jesus? Well, for one, it tells us that only through Jesus can those who lead the sheep of the sheepfold enter. So uh, it would have been normal for the uh, Pharisees uh, 
to be aware of or perhaps be themselves messianic pretenders who promised freedom for the followers but instead led them into conflict. In Acts 5, there's a, a really um, interesting account of uh, the Sadducees talking amongst themselves and encouraging each other to stay away from Paul and the apostles. Paul and the apostles had been imprisoned, had actually performed miracles. And the Sadducees spoke among each other and said, let's stay away from them lest we forget what has happened to others who have been messianic pretenders, others who have claimed to be Messiah, garnered support from hundreds only to be killed themselves. So this was common, messianic pretenders. Jesus declares to be the gate for the sheephold, and in so doing, Jesus says, it is only through the gate. It is only through me in which the shepherds, the leaders of my people, can enter. Now, maybe we don't follow messianic leaders today, those of us in this room anyway, Maybe we don't follow messianic leaders, but too often, I believe we, I know I, actually do listen to the thieves and robbers that are all around us. Perhaps we think of the sheepfold not just as the church, which I think Jesus is painting the picture for, for us in this account, that the sheepfold is the church, that there are shepherds of the church and that those shepherds and leaders must shepherd and lead only through the gate of Jesus. I, I believe that to be true. But I wonder, too, if maybe the sheepfold can be thought of as the sheepfold that protects our, our own hearts and souls. And while we might not follow messianic leaders, Jesus still warns against those things that might still steal, kill, and destroy. Those things that we allow to enter the sheepfold that come to us by way that isn't Jesus. Maybe that's the pressure to perform. Maybe that's the pressure for status the pressure to be busy. But Jesus offers peace. I'm reminded of when Jesus is with the apostles in the boat in the midst of the storm. And the disciples come to him as he's sleeping in the boat and they say, don't you care that we are about to drown? And Jesus awakes and shows that he cares deeply by declaring, peace, be still. It's through Jesus and through Jesus alone that that kind of peace is realized in our sheepfold. Jesus was not a messianic pretender. 
Uh, if we see on that second picture again, the, the image of the shepherd, as I mentioned earlier, it was customary for the shepherd to lay across the gate. Here Jesus is saying he is the gate. When the shepherd would lay across that opening, the shepherd then becomes the gate. Isn't it interesting that in two accounts here, butting up next to each other, Jesus declares, Jesus declares himself to be both the gate and the shepherd. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 reminds us of how Jesus definitively laid down his life. The shepherds did this to protect the sheep. Jesus did the same once and for all. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And as he hung on that cross and laid himself down as the definitive protection for the sheep of the sheepfold, he wore a crown of thorns. And again, if we look at this picture, it was customary for the sheepfold to be protected by a crown of thorns. Much like John 19, the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they dressed him in a purple robe. Jesus was not a messianic pretender. He was the definitive gate for the sheepfold protecting both the church and the people of God, but also protecting the hearts and souls of those of us who follow. Protecting with his peace. And in so doing, offering us freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. We're told in this passage that through Jesus, the gate, we can come in and go out and find pasture. There's a freedom for us who follow him. So how does this tell us how to live this passage? We see who he's speaking to, the Pharisees. We see what this tells us about who Jesus is the definitive gate, protector, and bringer of peace. But what does it tell us about how to live? I think in, in one way it tells us that we can trust the church. Particularly, we can trust this church. You are being led by leaders and pastors who enter the sheepfold through the gate of Christ. You can be confident in that. This doesn't mean that, that you won't be challenged or that we shouldn't be challenged 
This is not the shepherd's protection to protect us from challenge or discomfort. In many ways, Thomas can make you feel uncomfortable. That's a good thing. Just because someone challenges our understanding of what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus does not make them a robber or a thief. In today's culture, as Christians, it seems that we can often live in fear. We're fearful of those things that challenge us, that uh, maybe make us uncomfortable in how we believe we are to follow Jesus. Maybe we see it as an assault on what it means to be Christian. I hear that sometimes in my work. Well, I thought you were a Christian organization. I always want to ask as a follow-up from that statement, what do you mean by Christian? Usually, if a statement like that is made, someone has in mind what they believe it means to be a Christian. I thought you were a church that did this. What do you mean by that? You're being led by leaders and pastors who enter through the gate of Jesus, who know and believe deeply what it means to be a Christian. It's an actually a really short list in scripture describing what it means to be Christian. The other things that we add to it are just our additions. We can trust the way that we're being led here. Secondly, I think this scripture and how it instructs us how to live is by abiding with Christ. John 15, another I am passage that will probably be preached on in the weeks to come. Jesus' encouragement to us is to abide with him. Only by abiding with Jesus do we experience protection. We experience protection and peace in heart and soul, not by disassociating ourselves with things that we don't agree with or things that challenge us. It's not by disassociating ourselves from those things that bring peace. It is by associating ourselves with the giver of peace. Through abiding only, primarily in him. We're reminded of Mary and Martha. Right? In which one sister comes to Jesus and says... Why don't you tell my sister to get to work? She's just sitting and listening to you. And Jesus reminds her, indeed, that's true. And she has chosen the most important thing, abiding with me.
Lastly, Jesus uh, not so much instructs us in this passage, but promises us that he offers abundant life. That John 10.10 passage has long been one of my favorites. I'm sure many of you can say the same. I'm reminded of when I was in high school and I had friends who were just a bit older than me who I looked up to greatly and they would use that verse a lot. Jesus came to give abundant life. Not Jesus came to tell us what not to do. When I was in high school, that meant not that Jesus came so that you won't watch rated R movies or listen to this kind of music. Sure, those things might be things that he would rather I not give attention to. But most importantly, Jesus came for abundant life. Less about how I live, but more about what is offered to me. And as sheep of the sheepfold, if we pay close attention to the gate, if we abide in him and give less attention to the robbers, those things, whether it be messianic leaders or just the pressures of life, If we instead associate ourselves with abiding in Christ, he offers life abundantly. He actually offers freedom to come in and go out and find pasture. Let me pray for us. Father God, I'm grateful this morning for this sheepfold that is covenant, the beacon of life and light that it is in this city. God, I'm grateful for the ways in which you equip and call pastors and leaders and lay people to lead these efforts to be a beacon of light in this city. God, I'm grateful that when we make that decision to be one of your sheep, that the sheepfold that protects our hearts and souls and grants us peace is entered only through the gate of you. God, I'm grateful that you would lay your life definitively down to protect that peace. God, I pray that we would be a people that abides in that, that we would be defined less by what we're against and more by who we associate with you. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.